cares more about the favors that he owes to social conservatives than he does about keeping our young people safe. Well, we'd have an election. There was an election in Ontario on the 7th of June, and... Uh, seems to me Mr. Ford managed to elect a majority government and uh, the Liberal Party was decimated and the Conservatives, and you just heard the voice of Andrea Horvath, the, not the Conservatives, the NDP, the NDP leader, the NDP was, well, kind of got what was left over. It was a good seat count for the NDP, but really in the greater scheme of things, doesn't mean a whole lot more than the seven seats the Liberals got. It was a pretty decisive victory for the Conservatives, for the Progressive Conservatives. I, I think they have to change the name. I don't think you can be Progressive Conservatives. It just, it sort of sounds like backwards and forwards, because the term progressive has been absconded with by, by the... Uh, left and ultra-left. So just go with conservative. Just go with conservative. Mr. Ford, change the name of the party to the Ontario Conservative Party. It also makes it easier for me. Anyway, so now they're going back to 1998 and the sex ed curriculum from 1998 for for a period of time, not forever. They've said until they get a, another curriculum worked out, and uh, which, which has caused the left to go well, left. And they're also making some other changes. The mathematics curriculum, Discovery Math, looks like it's gone. And then there are questions about the fundamentals, other fundamentals of education, like basic math skills, memorizing times tables, which makes sense. province of Manitoba had that in place a couple of years ago. I think some other provinces have followed suit. And, uh, you know, the return of Canadian history to the classroom, maybe a little bit of an em emphasis on spelling. Just some of the fundamentals that you should be able to graduate with so that when you get your diploma, when you leave high school, you're actually able to read it and understand it. Not have a feeling that it's all Latin when it's actually in English. Michael Zweigstra joins me on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Michael is a Manitoba high school teacher. He's a research associate with the Frontier Center for Public Policy and the co-author of What's Wrong with Our Schools and How We Can Fix Them. It's been a while since we've talked, Michael. Welcome back to the show. Well, thank you for having me, Roy. It's good to be with you. Are you one of those social conservatives that Andrea Horvath frowned about? 
you know, from the way that she's talking, it sounds like she's frowning on a very large percentage of the population because it's not just social conservatives that had raised uh, concerns about some of the direction in education in Ontario. And so uh, she's using it as an epithet. But the reality is, is that she's targeting parents who, who have concerns and want to be involved in the classroom and care about what their kids are actually being taught. Exactly. I mean, I was still living in Quebec in 2015 when this sex ec curriculum was adopted by the wind government, but I do recall even living in the in the province that doesn't care about the rest of the country, uh, seeing a great deal about unhappiness and unrest in Ontario over the sex ed curriculum that Kathleen Wynne had approved of. Well, one of the most important things in the public school system is you need the trust and the support of the community that you serve. That is absolutely essential. Uh, you, you cannot do a good job of educating if you do not have that uh, community buy-in. And much of the problem with the way the curriculum has been handled in, on the topic of sex ed is that there's a large segment of the parent population that has not bought in, that uh, that has concerns about the curriculum, has concerns about the sudden way that it was rolled out, and has concerns about some of the topics that are in it. And it's unfortunate that uh, when people dismiss that and say, well, you know, we just need to help those parents get with the times, that doesn't build the trust. And so uh, what the government is doing is they're saying that uh, they're going to create a new curriculum. And the interim, they're going to use the curriculum that had been in place before. And again, people are you know, bringing up the whole, oh, it's the 1998 curriculum, we're going back to the Dark Ages. Uh, this was the curriculum that was used until 2015. And I don't recall hearing stories about Ontario being on the Dark Ages in 2013 and 2014. Well, that's debatable. <laughs> well, as far as as far as some of the other things, yes. Um, but uh, uh, I think that, uh, you know, the government, they made a very clear promise. They said, this is what we're going to do. If we get elected, they got elected, and now they're doing it. And now they're doing and it. And when you scrap a curriculum, the logical thing is that in the interim, you use the one that was in place before. And so that's exactly what they're doing. And so I'm not really sure what other way they would do it in order to keep their campaign promise. Well, but it makes a good headline to say that they're taking people back into another century and that everything has changed and the kids are going to be harmed now going forward. You know, a lot of this depends on how the parents react. And the parents cannot be taken out of the equation no matter how much certain politicians or political parties want that to happen. Parents have a, have rights and they've been the rights have been diminished and in some cases have been absconded with, and, uh, and parents have been made to feel almost as passengers in the lives of their own kids. Well, and that's a problem. And when you look at the, the concerns that have been raised in regards to the curriculum and who's raising them, this is a broad segment of parents. We're not talking about one religious group here. We're talking about a very diverse group. There's a certain amount of irony that many of the people who are most supportive of the curriculum are the people who keep talking about diversity. Well, if you want to look at diversity, look at the broad segment of parents that have raised concerns about this aspect due to the curriculum and many other areas, too. You have from a variety of religions, from a variety of ethnic groups that all have some similar concerns in regards to what their kids are learning or are not learning. And so I, it's unfortunate when uh, when you have politicians that are willing to be that dismissive of that largest segment of the parent population. And they were dismissive. It didn't matter to them what that parent, what that population uh, of parents wanted and was concerned about. They were simply pushed to the side. Now, if you were to ask parents uh, in uh, of kids in, in your school, and what are the grades, Michael? What years? Oh, I, well, I teach in a grade 5 to 12 school. 5, five so to 12. quite a few grades. Okay, so you'd have a wide range. What do you think the majority of parents would say they want? 
they want uh, they want their kids to they want them to learn the academic basics. They want them to learn key things about our country. And most parents are supportive of having a certain level of sex education in schools. Um, again, as long as parents have full information about what is being presented, and as long as what is presented uh, does not directly conflict with the values that the parents wish to instill at home. And so, uh, in order to have the broadest buy-in possible. Uh, for a topic that has the potential to be controversial, you, you, you have to keep it at a level where you have some room for, uh, for critical thinking, for students for, to recognize that families have a variety of perspectives in some of these issues. And the reason that so many parents had raised concerns with the curriculum is that uh, it, it seemed to present only one side pretty much the whole way through, as if there's only one way to think about any of these issues and the reality is, if you look at any opinion survey, if you look at, if you just talk to regular people, uh, we are, ca Canadians are not all unanimous in all issues in regards to sex. And let's not pretend that we are. Rather, let's recognize that kids need some need basic information. They need to learn facts, and they need to be encouraged also to talk at home about uh, about many of these uh, about many of the issues as well. But let's not just assume that there's one perspective. It has to be taught in school, and they have to get the full meal deal as early as possible because that's where you get the parental pushback. Exactly, and that's where you deserve the parental pushback. Well, absolutely. If you push and the parents to the side, they should not just capitulate. They should tell you this is what this is what I want, and this is what I don't want for my child. It's my child, and w w Kathleen Wynne, when she was premier, had no time for people who had a different opinion. Hold on, Michael. We're going to come back with Michael Zweigstra. We'll talk about some of the other issues when it comes to what is taught in school, and perhaps the Ontario model as they change um, issues like Discovery Math. What is Discovery Math? Oh yeah, that's where you figure it out for yourself. And any answer is the correct one, as long as you arrived at that answer for a reason that you understand. That would work so well uh, in working out the specifics to get a rocket off the launch pad. As I was saying that, I had this feeling, just this fleeting thought about discovery math being responsible for some of the modeling and climate change, possibly, maybe, could be. What do you say, Al? We'll come back on The Roy Green Show with Michael Zweigster. We'll talk about mathematics. We'll talk about language skills and learning about Canadian history and valuing Canadian history and learning how to S-P-E-L. Back in a minute. Michael Zweigster is my guest, high school teacher in Manitoba. Um... He is also a um, um, research associate with the Frontier Center for Public Policy and the co-author of What's Wrong with Our Schools and How We Can Fix Them. Michael, we've talked about math, you and I, in the past, and, uh, and kids having trouble with math. And you see it if you go to a store, you know, the old example of the cashier, the high school student. And whatever you buy, let's say, is two bucks and, uh, or dollar thirty, and you give them a toonie. And they have to wait for the machine to tell them how much change to give you. And that is kind of drives me batty when I see that because it's not fair to the student. So what's been happening as far as math curricula are concerned, this discovery math, and Manitoba made it, um, made it incumbent on teachers to teach times tables and basic math a couple of years ago 
What do you see coming in Ontario, and would it be a good model for the rest of the country? Well, we we see a very clear promise from the Ford government that they are planning to scrap uh, what's often called discovery math, and this is something that they had uh, promised to do during the campaign. Um, discovery math is just one of uh, a number of ways of describing a, a program where uh, there's a strong emphasis on students basically figuring out things themselves. So figuring out their own algorithms, like their own ways of solving questions. Uh, so instead of having students do regular practice and drill and repetition, and instead of having them learn the standard ways of adding, subtracting, multiplying, and dividing, the idea is to promote this critical thinking approach, at least that's what they refer to it as, where students are encouraged to basically try to reinvent the ways of doing uh, of doing math. All right, so give uh, me an example. So I know that 7 times 7 is 49. Right. Because I learned the times tables. Yep. I know six, so in, 6 times 6 is 36. So in your critical evaluation or your critical thinking that you yep. employ as a student and you don't learn the times tables, how would you go about reaching the 7 times 7 is 49 conclusion? Well, you, you would, you would, for example, give some sort of problem to the students where you, where you encourage them to say, uh, you know, what are some ways in which you could you, you could figure out uh, what seven and what seven sevens are, uh, get them to add up uh, seven seven times, have them draw these uh, these multi- what are called multiplication arrays, where you try to uh, map it out that way. At strong emphasis on always having the students say what they're thinking. And again, there's an element of it. There's always an element where, okay, it makes sense to try to get students to explain why they're thinking and not just do things by rote. The problem is when you're doing that all the time, uh, you're not enabling students to, to lock some things in their memory. One of the most important concepts in educational psychology is something called cognitive load, which basically is a way of saying that there's only so much room in your working memory. You can only process so many things in the working memory at a time. So that's why you need to commit things to your long-term memory, and that's where practice and repetition comes in. Discovery math uh, doesn't put enough emphasis on that. And uh, how has Manitoba done with the times tables in the last couple of years? It's improved, and uh, and largely because there's a massive pushback from math professors, not math education professors, actual math professors, uh, and also parents. And so the previous government actually did uh, put in some requirements in the curriculum for time ta- times tables, standard algorithms. It didn't go as far as, as, as a number of us would have liked, but it was still a significant improvement. And so at least there is some requirement in the curriculum for, uh, for those basics in Manitoba. And something similar happened in Alberta, where the Alberta government also, uh, a couple years ago, put in uh, some of the basics. Uh, again, it took a massive amount of pressure from the public and, uh, and people lobbying them. All right, I'll tell the story very quickly. Some have heard it before. I had a producer, a studio producer, a number of years ago who, have, who would write in the call screener space where there's an opportunity to let me know what it is the caller wants to talk about. He would write things that I had no idea. I had no idea what he meant. I had no idea what the words were supposed to mean. And I said to him one day, look, I don't mean to insult you, but I have no idea what you're writing. And he said, I'm very sorry. I don't know how to spell. And it's because of the way we were taught in school. He said, we'd have a spelling test. And he said, this was all the way through primary school. By the time it got to high school, they weren't teaching them spelling anymore. It was too late. He said, when we, were taking, when we would have a spelling test, if we didn't know how to spell a word, the teachers would dumb down the words until we got to a word that we could spell, or in my case, I could spell, and then they'd pass me, and we'd move on to something else. And that is why he never learned how to spell Michael. And it became a problem for him. He was a young adult, 
and it was a problem for him that he needed to address on his own. And that's unfortunate, because it's not something you should have to teach yourself. And I think that in terms of in terms of changing curriculum, the most important thing that can be done is to have a much stronger emphasis on content, specific facts and knowledge in all subject areas. This is the opposite of the direction that Ontario and other provinces have moved in the last number of years. They've been taking stuff out and making it more about social justice and activism and this and that and everything except the actual foundational knowledge and skills that you need. Because when the more knowledge and facts you have in your brain, the more words you'll be able to spell, the more things you'll be able to understand, the better your reading comprehension will be. Having that content knowledge is the foundation of learning, and we simply need more of that in the curriculum. Right. And it needs to be taught in a structured, sequential way. Michael, thank you for the time. Great to speak with you again, and come back soon. Absolutely right. Always great to be with you. Thank, thank you. you. Michael Zwagster, he's the co-author of What's Wrong with Our Schools and How We Can Fix Them also a Manitoba high school teacher. Come back and tell you more about what's coming up for the rest of the show. Stay with us.